you'll stand with me for the reading of God's Word. This is from the message paraphrase, so it's a little bit different, but I want you to listen to the words. This is Luke 9, 51 through 62. When it came close to the time of his ascension, he gathered up his courage and steeled himself for the journey to Jerusalem. He sent messengers on ahead. They came to a Samaritan village to make arrangements for his hospitality. But when the Samaritans learned that his destination was Jerusalem, they refused hospitality. When the disciples James and John learned of it, they said, Master, do you want us to call a bolt of lightning down out of the sky and incinerate them? And Jesus turned on them, Of course not! And they traveled on to another village. On the road, someone asked if he could go along, and he said, I'll go with you wherever, he said. And Jesus was curt. Are you ready to rough it? We're not staying in the best ends, you know. And Jesus said to another, follow me. And he said, certainly. But first excuse me for a couple days, please. I have to make arrangements for my father's funeral. And Jesus refused. First things first. Your business is life, not death. And life is urgent. Announce God's kingdom. Then another said, I'm ready to follow, Master, but first excuse me while I get things straightened out at home. And Jesus said, No procrastination. No backward looks. You can't put God's kingdom off till tomorrow. Seize the day. Seize the day. Let us pray together. Oh God, we come before you today. We are broken and thirsty. We thirst for your presence. We beg for your forgiveness. We seek for our brokenness to be made whole. We yearn to be changed by your words. We long to be transformed by your spirit. And we plead with you to dwell within us and amongst us and around us. Speak to us now, dear Heavenly Father. And as we cry out, hear us. We ask this in your Son's name. Amen. You may be seated. What excuses do we make when it comes to our relationship with Jesus? Do you ever make excuses? I do. Let me share some excuses I've heard and sometimes on occasion even made myself. I, one excuse I've heard, and I've heard this through the years at different places and at different churches, and, you know, it's, I walk the aisle, I got baptized, and I show up sometimes. And that's all that they think they should do. Uh, another excuse I've heard is, I don't relate to Jesus and the church very well, so I don't go. I'm not very active. Another excuse I've heard is, the church is mean and full of hypocrites. You heard that one before? An excuse that we wrestle with even to this day and even in this moment is, I'm too busy with life and living to do more than I'm doing. And there's some truth to that. You know, that's what excuses I've heard from people that either uh, are loosely affiliated with the church or in a congregation. But then there's excuses I hear from ministers. You ever heard some ministerial excuses? Let me give you some. I've actually used a few of these, I've got to confess. But this is some excuses I've heard from ministers along the way. Uh, I have not used this one, so don't pin this one on me. I learned everything I need to know in seminary. You heard that one before? 
I have. The people that make up the church are very busy, and we do the best we can, and, and we do. The church is full of mean people and hypocrites. You just got to do the best you can with them. That's sounding familiar, isn't it? Is there something ringing true in there? And this is an excuse. I made this not very long ago. I was in a meeting with some other ministers, and we were talking about the struggles of ministry, and I, I happened to say this. I have a tendency to put my foot in my mouth. Have you seen that happen lately? Um, and this is what the excuse I made, and I then had to correct myself, and I'm trying to work on it. I am too busy with my life and ministry to have much time to be ministered to by Jesus. More and more ministers wrestle with that. We're too busy doing God's work that we don't take time to do God's work in our own lives. That happens. It's because we love you. And we love God. But we all have to take time out, listen to the message, follow me, and take that seriously. When Jesus said, follow me, there were several responses that were given. And you know, and I think it's kind of good for me to hear that even Jesus, the Messiah, was given excuses. I don't know that I would give him, uh, him an excuse if he came to me and said, Brent, follow me. But I don't know, I might. Depends on the circumstances, I suppose. But hundreds of years ago, these were the excuses that he got in Luke 9. I'll go with you wherever, but I don't think that was a hard commitment. I think it was kind of, well, I'm kind of still thinking about it, Jesus. But I might go with you. Then another excuse, and this is not a bad excuse necessarily, but I have to make arrangements for my father's funeral, and that is important. It is important. Then another excuse that was made in Luke 9 First, excuse me while I get things straightened out at home. Now, again, that's not a horrible excuse necessarily. But it is an excuse. Is it not? Jesus responded to these excuses, to our excuses, to my excuses. To the excuses that have been given since that day forward. This is his response. No procrastination, no backward looks. You can't put God's kingdom off till tomorrow. You have to seize the day today. We have to live in the moment with Jesus. We have to embrace the call to follow Jesus fully and completely. It can't be halfway. It can't be only when it suits me. It can't be only when I have time. We have to follow Jesus completely. We have to seize the day. We have to respond to God. We have to practice what I call dynamic discipleship. Dynamic discipleship focuses on the factors that we have to be growing, we have to be maturing, we have to be moving forward and outward. Dynamic, the definition of that word, is about being productive, and productive in a growing way, productive in a moving way, productive in an escalation way, in a bettering way. That is dynamic. The opposite of dynamic is static, staying still, staying stationary, playing it safe. Discipleship is another piece of that puzzle, and discipleship is about realizing that we have to accept the teaching of Jesus fully and completely, and not just accept them, we have to apply them to our lives. We have to become like Christ. We have to realize that God is calling each and every one of us to follow Him. And He doesn't want our excuses. He doesn't want 
by excuse. Jesus simply says, follow me. This dynamic discipleship is an ongoing process. We don't ever fully arrive. We don't just get to walk the aisle and show up on Sunday mornings and give a tithe. That is not being a disciple. That is being a member. You can do that with Rotary. We're not part of Rotary. We're part of God's kingdom. We are citizens of God's kingdom, and as citizens of God's kingdom, we have responsibilities. We have commitments. Whether we like it or not. Whether I like it or not, I have responsibilities when it comes to God's kingdom. I am called forth, we are called forth, to follow Jesus. And this dynamic discipleship, this following Jesus, it has certain parameters about it. And there's some things I want to talk a little bit about that today. But first of all, let me get some do nots. Let's talk about what it is not. Dynamic discipleship is not about calling lightning from heaven. Did you hear that with Jesus and the sons of thunder? In Luke 9, he says, no, 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 we're not going to call down lightning. But how many of us want to call down God's lightning on something or somebody? I've had a few times like that. Oh, come on now. Don't be that holy with me. Maybe you're holier than me, but I think a few of us have had a couple occasions when we wouldn't mind calling down some lightning, right? Okay, I'm getting a few nods now. You can agree with me. It's okay. It's not, it's not going to hurt. Well, maybe a little bit, but we'll pray, we're trying to prick you too much. It also is not about the rules. It is about the relationships. God is about people. God expects us to give to one another. God expects us to give to others. God expects us to follow Him. God also expects us to not waver, but be firm. When we make the commitment, we live out the commitment. When we think about dynamic discipleship, there are some things that it is focused on. It is focused on the cross, not so much the crown, if you will. The crown has a place. But the crown doesn't mean much without the cross, does it? You have to have the cross. And in our own lives, we have to have the cross. Sometimes we've got to carry that cross. We've got to live in the shadow of that cross. We have to be motivated by the cross. It's also more about surrender and not so much about splendor. We have to yield. We have to give up. We have to say, God, you're in control. God, you're in charge. And God, would you call me and, and I respond, I'm, I'm going to give it totally to you. It's about the surrendering. It's also about having the courage to steal ourselves for the journey towards our Jerusalem. Every one of us is going to face a tough journey to Jerusalem. I don't know what that's going to look like for you. We do know what it looked like for Jesus. And I think we are pretty safe to assume that it's going to look something like that for us in the life we live, if we live it fully and completely, if we truly seize the day. One, one great piece about dynamic discipleship that, you know, I think we must not neglect 
It's a continuous process of striving to live as Jesus lived and do as Jesus did. Live as Jesus lived and do as Jesus did. I have a hard time with that. How about you? Well, but he was God, yes, but he also was and is human. And he also promised us that his burden is light. But also in, in another part of Luke, he also mentions this fact that you are to deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow me. That's what dynamic discipleship is about. Really, what does this look like? Well, it's got all kinds of shapes and sizes. We could define it by a myriad of ways, a multitude of ways. But here at First Baptist Church, we've tried to focus on one thing. We've been trying over the last year and a half to two years, and we're living it more and more every day, <clears throat> to focus on choosing to love and grow and serve in the name of Christ. <clears throat> <coughs> To love is about relationships. It's about realizing that God is a great God who loves us, who expects us to be in love with Him, and expects us to give that love to others. It's about realizing that our first priority has to be God. Completely. And that is wrapped around love. It has to be about the dynamic risks we take when we love somebody. I love my children. They drive me crazy every now and again, but I love them. I would do anything for them. Don't let them hear that. Sometimes they wonder. But I love them. And I love them not just because they're my children, although that's part of it, but I love them because I spend time with them. God expects us to spend time with Him so we learn love. And He expects us to spend time with each other so we love one another. And He expects us to spend time with people outside the church so we can love them. The time, time is, is worth more than money. And it's fleeting. And we're always busy. There's always something else to do. But what does that matter if we don't love? Love is critical to dynamic discipleship. Love requires us to listen, to truly listen, not just to God, but to others, not just to others, but to some degree to ourselves. We have to listen. Sometimes we get to talk, but we really need to listen if we're truly going to love. I've seen First Baptist do all kinds of wonderful things when it comes to dynamically practicing love. I've seen us welcome guests with genuine concern and feeling to the point that they joined our church and are so glad to be a part of our fellowship. And that began with love. I've seen our church show up in April, 300 plus strong, and take off a Sunday with regards to being in the building. We did this radical thing called Mission JC. We went out into our community. And we did all kinds of wonderful, loving things. And that was just so amazing to me. It was risky. We talked about it in staff, and we're like, well, I don't know how it's going to work out. We're not sure how many are going to come. It's really different. 
It's not our traditional thing we do on Sunday mornings, but nonetheless, we did it, and, and it was wonderful. And people saw us love them. And they saw Christ through our love. You know, one thing I will never uh, forget, and I will always be appreciative of, is that you were crazy enough to call an Oki like me to be a pastor here. To me, that's a sign of your love as well. You decided to love me and my family. And I thank you for that. didn't have to, but you did. And we will be forever grateful. We really will be. Dynamic discipleship, while love is important in that, is more than love. We have to be growing. We have to be maturing. We have to be becoming more like God. Grow necessitates movements, moving to something better, moving to something more. It requires, it's that C word, I know you don't like it, change. Change first in me, then change in others, then change in the world. Sometimes, dare I say, change in our church. That is a part of growing. If you're not changing, you're not growing. And God expects us to grow. God demands that we grow, and as we follow Him, that we become. So that we can take up that cross. So that we can bear that light burden. Growing is important. You know, uh, Jesus was talking to one of the guys there that wanted to follow him, and they were talking about what it's going to be like to follow Jesus, and he goes, well, I'll follow you wherever you go, and Jesus turns to him and says, well, we're not staying in the best ends, you know. And that seemed to kind of deflate the guy, because he seemed to fall away after that. He was expecting that grand splendor, because if he follows the Messiah, that's the Son of God. And that's the Son of God. That's the Savior. If that's the Savior, that's eventually going to become the king. And if it's eventually going to become the king, then that's the new David. And David had gold and money and power and prestige. And he beat all of his enemies. That's not the kind of Messiah Jesus is. He's not a Messiah wielding a sword. He's a Messiah that wielding an olive branch. To such a degree that he would sacrifice himself on a cross. We have to grow into understanding that. We have to get beyond wanting to be in the best ends with Jesus. We've got to be willing to get dirty. Because it's a dirty world out there. There are people that are hurting. There are people that are dying. There are people that are hungry. And it's our mission and our purpose to make a difference. And we make that difference when we grow in our faith. When we grow, we truly become students of God who follow His will. We become a disciple. It's not necessarily easy, but I think it's worth it. I really do. I've seen First Baptist really grow in many ways since I've been here. You know, we recently changed our worship. And I know that that's been a little bit rough and tough, and I understand that. It wasn't easy for me either, in case you're wondering. It wasn't easy for the staff. Doyle and Rod really struggled mightily with that. I cannot tell you the angst they felt, the wrestling with that they had. But they felt led by God and believed it was the right thing to do. And as we prayed over it, and as we thought about it, and as we worked on it, it became the right thing to do. But it was a risk. It was a matter of growing. 
We had to grow beyond what we were doing and accept something new. Because of that, we have two different worship services now. And both are reaching people. Both are touching lives. Both are sharing God's love and helping people grow in their faith. And the next part part of this dynamic discipleship, which is serving, both have helped people become better servants. They've given more people opportunities to serve. And as we live out this dynamic discipleship where we're loving and growing and then eventually serving, it's all about giving it away. When we love and we grow, then we just should naturally want to just go out and give it away. We should want to give ourselves away. We should want to give our resources away and and give everything we can to other people because that's what God did. That's what Jesus did. That's the example we have. And when we serve, we seize the day. When we serve, we announce God's kingdom to the world. When we choose to serve, we are God's hands and feet, changing that very dark, dirty world. I've seen First Baptist serve in so many ways. We, we uh, have two community meals that we do a month. Two. At first we had none. Then we had one. Now we have two. That doesn't happen just by accident. It requires a lot of service, a lot of giving, a lot of planning. But it is a wonderful way to minister to our community. It's a wonderful way to be the presence of Jesus. I've also noticed how we've given hundreds and hundreds of hours in community service to our, to our Jefferson City community. We've done it through mentoring relationships. We've done it through community enhancement. We've done it through Habitat for Humanity. We've done it through the Samaritan Center. We've done it through Common Ground. We are a serving congregation. And I am so thankful of that, and I am proud to be a part of you and with you on that. Because you see, serving is about announcing God's kingdom to the world around us. And the world desperately needs to hear about God's kingdom. When I think about dynamic discipleship, it really isn't complicated. Maybe it sounds a little complicated, but it's not. Dynamic discipleship is merely a matter of hearing Jesus say, follow me, and choosing it. It's merely a matter of saying, Jesus, here I am, send me. It's really a matter of coming to the point of realizing that to be a dynamic disciple, we have to merely choose every day to love to grow, and to serve. When we do those things, we are following Jesus. We are seizing the day. We are changing the world. In the name of Christ, the risen Holy Savior, let us pray.